1: This is the Sports Illustrated Boxing Podcast. It's boxing. A look inside boxing with Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix. Interviews, analysis, and everything going on in boxing. And now a man who I wish was called the Boston Bleeder.
0: All doctors to the ER. It's sort of like getting punched in the face. Chris Chris Mannix. All right, joining me now on the show is one of the greatest fighters in the history of boxing. One of the great heavyweights of all time a Hall of Famer, you name them. He's fought them during his professional boxing career and he may not be done with boxing, which is something that I would like to talk to him about. The great Evander Holyfield joining me here on the show. Evander, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Um, So I want to get into the latest kind of back and forth with you and Mike Tyson, a fighter you're very familiar with, but I want to first ask, how how are you doing during all this uh, pandemic and you know, what's going on in the world today?
2: Well, I'm doing good. I'm doing well. You know, I'm kind of house person anyway.
0: <laughs> so no no change if you're a, a house guy, I guess. All right. So, um, you know, a lot of people have Vander that know your history with Mike Tyson, know about the two fights in the 1990s, the bite fight, all those things. But your history with Mike goes back a lot longer than that, right? I mean, you were, were you teammates in 84? I mean, what was, when did you first get to know Mike Tyson?
2: But right. in 84, uh, you know, we were both on a losing squad. That's how tough amateur boxing was there in, in, in the 80s. You know, Mike and I was on, we was on on a, on a losing team and we had to win two fights to, to make the Olympic team. I was able to do it and he, he was not.
0: So, so what does the losing team mean? I mean, that that's it's funny. Watch listening to two Hall of Famers on the losing team. That's how good it must have been.
2: Well, meaning, meaning that you know, uh, at that time you, you you had great amateur fighters. You know, if like uh, I guess in a light heavyweight division, you know, it, you it kind of changed up by every year somebody else beat somebody. Like It was just a tough crop of people at that time.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned that light heavyweight. Back then, you were a light heavyweight. Mike Tyson was a heavyweight. I mean, in 1984, were you even thinking at that time, you know, maybe this is someone I can fight down the line?
2: Well, you know, you know my goal was even at, at 65 pounds was to be the heavyweight champion of the world. I was told at, you know, at eight years old, I I can be the heavyweight champion of the world. And so And so, you know, that was my goal, man. And, you know, it was surprising that when I I went from 147 to, to 56, to 6, then 65, then 78, you know, I started growing after high school.
0: Mm. Did, did you know that your body at that point would get? I mean, look, you might be able to get to, you know, high 190s, even 200, but did you think you'd be able to grow naturally into a heavyweight?
2: Then yeah, well, you know, did, I. I the art of what my coach told me when I was a kid. He said, "It's not how big the guy is. It's can you box? You know, if you 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 know you even when when I was 139 pounds, I I sparred with heavyweight. He said, "Only advantage they got if you stay there too long. Mm-hmm. Get yours and move." <laughs> and so you know, the art of the game. If you can box, then you you can you can stay in there. You just can't stand toe to toe with the guy.
0: Were you friendly with Mike back then? I mean, how how close were the pl- were the fighters on those teams?
2: I was very close, very close. And Mike and I, we 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 were friends, and, and we we did spar one time. And uh, and 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 the, the difference is, is that he was seventeen, and I was twenty one. And so you know, when you you talking about someone that's twenty one, somebody's seventeen, it's, it's a big difference for us confidence, and, and knowledge.
0: So when you sparred with a 17-year-old version of Mike Tyson, what did you think?
2: Well, you know, I definitely knew he was a good puncher because he was knocking everybody out. Mm. So he, Mike, his only person had to have, he had to pay people to come in to spar with him, you know. and But the fact that he had to pay people to come in. Now, we didn't have to pay nobody because, you know, we wasn't nobody, but somehow he would knock his sparring partners out, you know, with 16 ounce gloves. Um, so, you know, you know, that's what, you know, and, and that's the difference. He was a puncher. He was a puncher and he was very aggressive, but you know, I, I'm a guy that tend to fight people who are aggressive very well.
0: Yeah. History shows that. Did, did Mike Tyson at 17 try to knock you out?
2: Well, when you, well, wait, well, he, he did what he did, but he, but you know, they, you know, they stopped it the because they said somebody was gonna get hurt. Mm-hmm. So you know, so the Olympic coach came and stopped it and all this and uh, and and you know, Mike was Mike was like, wow, and, and telling people said he's skinny but he's strong like mm-hmm. that. And so and it's, I used to spot the heavyweight and the super heavyweight all the time anyway. So I, you know, I was the guy that would that, you know, I sparred with Huron Tillman a lot and Tyrell Big. you know, I, I sparred with all the big the big guys and stuff like that. I never did spar with people in my same way for big.
0: So how many rounds did you guys go back then?
2: Oh, they uh, they stopped it in about a minute, minute about a minute, 30 seconds, said somebody going to get hurt. And, <laughs> you know, and at that time, you know, I had him in the corner and he couldn't get out. So, but... You know, people were asking me. I said, "Well, it's it just, it just different." Who going to talk about you? Twenty-one and you sparring at seventeen years old, and you know which was good. He, he, he was very good back then. But the point of, it wasn't nothing to talk about. It never sparked. And so, you know, I'm to me, one of us. You know, not you know, the rep coach, the Olympic coach, just stopped it. He said, "Somebody going to get hurt like this." And I, you know, I knew I wasn't going to get hurt
0: so so 90 seconds that's that before the coach said enough enough of the
2: yeah, yeah he, he stopped because he, he just he just stopped it, it went nobody hurt you know but i had him in the corner
0: <laughs> the um you know before you got to your two fights with tyson you were supposed to fight him um after he fought buster douglas that was it was buster douglas then it was supposed to be Evander uh, Holyfield. What do you remember about Douglas versus Tyson? It was a fight over in Japan, but were you watching it live? Um, how? What do you remember about that night? I was there. Oh, you were there. I
2: oh. was in Japan and we, you know, uh, the Duvus kept me there to see the fight. And everybody was talking about what Tyson was going to do to Buster Douglas. And, and I told him, I said, I seen Buster Douglas fight. I said, I seen him with just one jab and, and knock a guy out. I'm telling Buster Douglas was good. And somehow I was wondering why they were saying, you know, Mike Atch is not a big guy. And, and Buster Douglas is a mountain of a guy. And, you know, I'm telling you, know, it would seem that somebody said, you know, why would you put him in there with that big old guy? But I have seen Tyson knock big guys out. But I knew that Buster Douglas had a good jab, and Buster Douglas he dropped by few by three or four people with just a straight a straight left hand. I was, and, and he was skillful. After him, he could box, and he and, and he was six five, and he you know he, he got eight or one inch, and Mike Tyson seven to four inch, and so you know it was going to be a hard night for Mike anyway, and. To he get, get a chance to hit him. But somehow, he did hit him, but Buster Douglas got back up and, and, and stayed on him, and, you know, he eventually won the fight.
0: Was there, I, was there a point when you're watching that fight, of Ender where you're like, okay, Mike could be in some real trouble? Was there a point during the fight that you thought that?
2: I thought that the whole fight because Buster was losing the... He was using the jab real well, and, you know, Mike... Mike caught him with a shot and dropped it, and he hit the hit the mat, and he got back up, and you know, and he continued to use the jab, and you know, and eventually he, he caught Mike with caught Mike with a good
0: shot. Were you? I mean, were you disappointed at the outcome? You you eventually went on to fight Buster Douglas, but I mean, you wanted Mike Tyson. How how disappointed were you?
2: I, I wasn't disappointed. My the, the art of the game was. Whoever wins, that's where I'm going to fight. And so, you know, my whole thing wasn't to fight Mike, wasn't to fight Buster Douglas. I wasn't chasing Mike. I wasn't chasing Buster Douglas. I was chasing the champion. Whoever the champ is, that's it. And a lot of people were asking me, said, oh, man, you lost a lot of money. I said, what you mean? I said, no, my goal was to be the champion. I just want to fight the champion. I wanted to be the heavyweight champion of the world just like everybody else wanted to be. That's it. It wasn't about chasing people. You know, whatever it takes, I was going to do what's necessary to become a world champion.
0: But was there any part of you that wanted to take that zero to be the one to beat Mike Tyson?
2: No. My only thing, I just wanted to be the heavyweight champion of the world. Hmm. But I also wanted to be the very best that I could be. And so, you know, and my mama had already told me and said, one thing about the people who are the best you can't wish them away. They're gonna always be there. And so, you know, I, you know, Mike, you know, he after that he became champion again. Mm-hmm.
0: You just in your fight with Douglas, you, you beat him up. You knocked him out early in that fight, third round, I believe. Um what did you do differently? What was different about your fight that that was different with Mike's?
2: Well, I, I think that uh I you know I think that Buster Ducky took me for granted, you know, because even the press conference, he was, he was so happy to fight me. And it would seem like you would be happy to go back and fight Mike because you'll make more money. But he didn't want to come back and fight Mike. He wanted to come back and fight me. And so, you know, I was happy that he 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 honored to fight me, but he told me that, you know, he said, he told me these guys that I fought was easy. And I realized that he probably didn't know I really can box, and you know, I and and I know I can hit hard too, and but I, a lot of times people people think that I could, but the art of the game was to my mama said be quiet and show what you can do when you get in the ring, and so when it came to that fight, you know I you know he he tried to hit me with an uppercut, and that was it. Uh, right hand down the
0: middle. Right. If people haven't seen that punch, that was a great punch. Right hand down the middle. After Douglas whiffed on that uppercut, and you just clobbered him and put him down uh, for the rest of the night. So, um, you know, your career kind of goes forward after that. Mike has his legal problems. He goes to jail. How how quickly after he got out of prison did you start thinking, "All right, we're we're gonna this is gonna happen. We're gonna I'm gonna fight Mike Tyson at some point."
2: No, I, I never did look at it that, the fact of the matter, I had, I, just, I, just, lost a, I had just lost a fight again to Reddick Boat, and you know, in and, and the third fight, and so, in the point of me losing that fight, then I had to fight uh, Bobby Chavez, I didn't do real well in that fight, then all of a sudden, uh, you know, Tyson wanted to fight me. And 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 somebody had said that uh, uh, Don Keene had said Evander got one feet in the graveyard and one on banana peeling, <laughs> and, and told Mike, "This is your time to get it." And because uh, and everybody was trying to say that I had a heart problem, and said, so, "You know, but you know, I didn't have no heart problem. You know, it's back doesn't matter. I was over medicated, and that was it." But and and, and Mike and I fought and. And I won the first one. Then, of course, in the second, you know, I won that one.
0: You're one of the great students of the game of Vander. You study your opponents before you fight them, um, and I think that's always given you an edge over some other fighters of your generation. When you studied, when you were preparing to fight Mike Tyson for the first time in in '96, um, did you see? a difference in him i mean he wasn't fight, he was fighting the the Seldons and the Peter McNeelys and and other guys did you but did you see a difference in mike than the one you were scouting you know years ago as you were thinking about fighting him
2: of course of course you know i you know uh, you know you know whatever your competition is that that can take you up or it can take you down and so so you know he was accustomed to hitting people and the people wasn't hitting back, so you know. So the whole big thing, even in in one of the press conferences, people it was people were asking, "What what do you think?" I said, "But I tell you what, I said everybody already know I get hit all the time. I said, but I do hit back. So I said, you know, we'll see when I start hitting him back. Now I, said, I know he's gonna hit me. I said, but but I know I can take it. Now can he take what I give? Mm-hmm. And and that was the whole art of the game is just like, you know, I knew he was a great fighter and I realized I'm gonna take everything that I need to to put pressure on, but I was not I wasn't gonna back up. And, and and because I didn't back up, I you know, I was able to win the fight.
0: You obviously don't know how hard a guy hits till you get in the ring with him, but up until that point you had fought big punchers like Foreman, like Riddick Bowe. I mean, guys that could crack. When when Mike hit you for the first time, what was your reaction? Did did you think like, all right, I, I can take this shot, or was it more? Was it stronger than you thought?
2: Well, you know, the thing was not you know when you, when you're a fighter, you don't think about the shot you got hit with. One thing that you know you only get hit when you make a mistake. So, and the, the mistakes you make. If you're gonna hit the guy you're gonna move. So either you're gonna move or you gonna get hit if you don't swing. And so and that that would happen to when you get shot. When I get hit with that shot, I realized I was wrong. So I, I should have been a move or I should have hit him. Because when you hit people, they don't actually get a chance to hit you back a lot of time unless you throw a combination. And I was the guy that threw combination now, that might hit me now. I'm going to hit him with combination. So when when, when he go back, he going to remember that. He going to remember the last shot I hit him with. Every time in the fight, is the purpose was me to get the last, last punch. If I get the last punch, then he go back thinking about how hard I hit him. Mm-hmm. And not that I go back thinking about how hard he hit me. So I made sure that every round, the last punch, I was going to hit him with the last punch. Because I wanted him to think about
0: what I was doing. Was that your strategy with every fight, or was that specific to Mike Tyson?
2: Well, well you know, in general, yeah, every fight. My whole thing is I, I, I had fast hands, and 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 especially when I fought the heavyweight, the heavyweights, they they hit a lot harder, and they, you know, they were they were stronger. So the thing is is. hit them two or three times in one and and, where I can know that I'm always leading. Because you get behind, you know, people tend to make mistakes when you get behind the track and you rush yourself, then that's when you start running into big shots. Mm -hmm.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Now, I'm supposed to talk here about what I remember and what I loved about my first car. And that's easy for me to do because I still have. My first car. And as long as it keeps running. And so far so good. I intend to have that car. Probably until the day I die. Uh, that's how much I love that car. It is like a child to me. Now it does require some upkeep. And that's why I'm grateful for So when that fight first fight ends, Evander, do you know right after like there's going to be an immediate rematch
2: with Mike and I? Yes. Uh, well, no, because but but you know it was it was it was something that I did in that fight. I I I had in my contract that I can quit at I can quit at any time. So uh, you know, so even when we did that fight, even when we did this fight. Uh, they already had a rematch clause in there, but even though they had that rematch clause, I I said I always want to put something in there where I can I can quit at any given time. So so they already negotiated what the second fight was going to be if I won. But I remember telling Don King, I do Mike do Mike do Mike stand a chance. Do Mike know that I may win this fight? Because I kind of feel that if Mike knew that he wouldn't fight me. <laughs> so he might fight fights that he know he don't win. So I said, so Don King said, oh, no, you're going to sign this rematch clause?" So I, I signed the rematch call. But I also put in, in the contract that I can quit at any given time. And they said, okay. So I fought, I won, so when the fight was over, when they said rematch, I should know, I quit. And so, so and everybody wanted to know why I was quitting because, because I know what the money amount that I was gonna get in the next fight, and I wasn't gonna get no money harder. So I quit. And so for me to come back, they had to do a new contract. And so so then we, we fought the sack one and you know. I was happy about what I got, and Tyson was happy with had.
0: So you get into that ring in the second fight, and before the whole bite incident happens, was was it going a lot like the first fight? Were there differences?
2: It was, it was a big difference. I was he, uh, the second fight. He tried to box me. He stayed on the outside, which allowed me to use my reach, and I I was only. He wouldn't getting no punches at that time. But I was, I was hitting with these clean punches, and I, I, and I, I knew why he wanted to get out of there because it, it, it was just real simple. I would, I, he would fight my style of fight. Then he was standing out. He was trying to think about what he was trying to think about. It, I, would, I would, I, had, I had to reach and I and every, every time he, he moved in, I, I, I was just getting the best. Mm.
0: Yeah, no question. And and when you get to those later rounds, and the first time you feel that tug on your ear, can, can you just describe for me what you felt in that moment?
2: Well, I, I you really don't have to. You know how I jump? How, how I jump? Hmm. He bit me on my ear, and it was just it was man. It was like and some you know something that you never thought of happened. You know, I'm just you know I you. Nobody never thinks somebody gonna bite their ear, and plus, even when they showed the when they showed the tape, and you can see me, you know, it's, it's how strong your neck is. When we get close to each other, we we kind of lean our head like this, and seem like I lean my ear right into his mouth. He <laughs> bit my ear, man, and I just I just I remember just how mad I was and how upset I was, and uh, you know, and and I realized that I was gonna bite him back. And, 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 but in the point of me knew that I was going to bite him back. Uh, My, my, my corner guy named Tim Hallmark, because this prophet had told us in the match that this guy going to do something to you. And, you know, for me not to lose my cool and all that. He told me, keep my mind on the Lord. And so I told my, my trainer, Tim Hallmark, to to remind me if that knew happened. And he kept calling and telling me, keep your mind on the Lord. I didn't want to keep my mind on the Lord. I wanted to bite him back. <laughs> and but and you, then all of a sudden it came across my mind what my grandmama said, they always catch the person who do it the second time. So I decided not to bite him back. And he bit me again. <laughs> he bit you again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he bit me again. Then 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 uh you know Milvain, she stopped the fight and all that and um and so when it all came when it all said and done because I kinda felt because I did the right thing, I I actually think that it saved boxing. I I truly believe if I would have did what I wanted to do, I was gonna bite it right there in the in that face like this and you know. And I told Mike that and he, he said, you, you really will. I said, I will. I said, but um, Tim Kevin Holland said, keep your mind on the Lord.'" And I, said, I thought about it, that what would probably have happened to the game of boxing, the two best fighters biting each other, goring each other, and you know, the game may be over. We didn't be talking about the game now.
0: Oh, it's it's a great point because it's one thing if Mike bites you and you know, people look at him like he's crazy, but if you had bit him back and it turned into this like ugly just mess of a fight. Yeah, you're right. Boxing would have really suffered. Instead, you came out of it um looking calm, cool, collected even though like you said you wanted to bite the guy back.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, so I tell people I, you know, regardless of how good you are is that that temperament I'll tell I'll tell eventually you you I'll tell there was a chance that I would have been it back if the fight would have kept going. I'm am we we both came came from we both came from the ghetto, and and the things that we were taught all our whole life. If somebody do it to you, do it bad, do it back, and do it worse. You know, I need to do it harder. You know, and and that's pretty much what came to my mind. Is my whole thing was always you know what I, I ought to get it like this, but but. But, you know, you're an adults, so and you're supposed to change your mindset. You're supposed to change your concept of the mind for how you used to think. And, you know, so sometimes people get you angry enough that it pops back up in your head sometimes.
0: Did you... How long did it take you to realize just the kind of damage that he did? I mean, he didn't just bite you. He bit off a piece of your ear. I mean, did you know that Who's right that? away?
2: It's just a little piece, but you know what? It really didn't bother me. I, You know, by time after the fight, I was the one that everybody in my locker room, everybody in my locker room was upset, man. And I said, no, we're going to have to forgive him. And everybody said, man, no, we ain't going to forgive him. I said, look, he didn't bite you. He bit me. I said, "You know, I said, look, we going to forgive. I I don't, I didn't want no consequences. I didn't want to be fighting over something that, you know, I have done. A, I'm telling you, even what he had done, I was able to put off this thing and forgive it. And that's it. And I want to just, okay, this is part of life. Because, you know, if people continue to get each other back, I'm saying there would not be nobody living. Everybody did somebody wrong at some point in time. Somebody got to forgive. So I I decided to forgive.
0: Well, you're a better man than most to have that attitude uh, in the immediate aftermath of of something like that. I mean, one of the – before I get to Tyson now and and you and him, one of the – the things that people been able to do during this pandemic is watch a lot of old boxing. I know I've done it and I've watched back almost all of your old fights and man, like, you know, whether it was the first fights or rematches or trilogies that you were in, you were in some great, great fights. What's, is there a fight that you look back on where you where it like almost still hurts? Like when you think about just what kind of war you went to in that fight where it's like, man, I, well, you think to yourself, maybe I, I, I do not want to do that again.
2: Well, uh, my first fight with the White Muhammad Uh it was a fifteen-round fight. I only had been eight rounds one time, and it was my twelfth professional fight. And somehow, I don't know how they got me to get into that fight, you know, because conscious-wise, I didn't really want to do it. But you know, in that fight, I realized. You know, if I don't take this championship fight, I may not never get another one. So, you know, I, you know, even though it's, it's just my 12th professional fight, I went ahead and did it. And then they put me in a, under a, a lot of pressure by allowing me to fight in Atlanta. So, you know, when, you know, when I remember they were talking about the fight and I was on a radio show and I heard somebody in my family Talking on the radio, saying they put him in there too early, and I knew that I was, that was one of my sisters, and so she didn't believe I could win, you know, and you know I would just I would kind of like I didn't let them know that I knew that was my sister, Said, they they put him in there too early, they shouldn't have put him in there. This this on his twelfth fight, that that guy won't be the prison that guy. You know, kind of felt bad for you to know that. One of your family members, being truthful, then believe you can do it. And but I beat it. Mm-hmm. And so and so and you know, and so that's the whole good thing about life because regardless well regardless to what people believe you can do it or not, is up to you at the end to to push towards that, that situation. And I was able to do that and and that's you know, the joy that I tell people. I said a lot of people got opinions, but what is up to you, the fighter himself?
0: I saw you did an interview at one point where you said something like, nobody beat me like George Foreman. What was it about the Foreman fight that was so tough?
2: Well, now, he's, the only, he's the only guy I ever fought that I couldn't move. I'm the, you, know, I'm telling Lenny Stewart uh taller and all this and stuff, but I, I ain't have no problem. Moving Leonard Stewart, I couldn't even buzz George Foreman. I couldn't. I'm like, you know, I'm just, you know, and he, he hit so hard that you realize that you don't want to get hit with that shot. You know, I'm, talking, you know, he change up his speed sometimes. He 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 goes slow then, and, and, and all of a sudden he'll he'll throw the big one. And I was fortunate enough to miss all of it. I got hit one time in the mouth. I guess I felt that my teeth were knocked out, all my teeth knocked out. And I came back and asked them, did they knock all my teeth out? <laughs> they said, no, ain't nothing wrong. And I, they said it so quick. And so I they didn't even take, take time to find out yet. And, and, and it, it appears to me they just didn't want me to quit. And, you know, and, and end up winning the fight. But, you know, but he was a big puncher.
0: Hmm. Yeah, no question. So... You know, a lot of people have been talking about Tyson since those videos surfaced in the last uh, month or so. Um, we're, you know, you've talked now about potentially getting back in the ring with Tyson, some kind of charity-based thing. When did you start thinking about doing something with Tyson? Was it when these videos came up, or was it even before this? Well, the thing
2: is that uh, I'm that type of person... I try not to have the bully mentality, and and I think the bully mentality is when when you know you're better than somebody, and you go ask them, "Let's fight again." You now, so I would never ask him to, to fight again because the fact that I want two fights, so you know, it it when it, I rather really ask Reddy Bow, Bo, you know, and because Reddy Bow beat me uh, two times out of three. Now that that's how I am because because. I'm not being a bully. I'm 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 going against somebody who 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 got one up on me. And maybe we, it'd be easier for him to come in than for me to uh or for me to fight somebody I know I beat twice. And so and so so I never I never even think about think about Tyson, but it just so happened. I was training. He was training. His video came up and training and somebody family me and mine came up, and they said, what would happen to these, both these guys? With me, I said, well, you know, I don't mind if he wanted to do it, but I'm not going to be the one to say, let's do it, because that's kind of bullet mentality. You did it because you believe you could beat it. Well, you know, I would go in the ring with nobody that I didn't think I could beat anyway. I the that's me. I would I just I just would because that's just part of, you know, my mama said don't ever get beat by a reputation. And and that practical, and I was the youngest and nine in my family, so you know I got beat up a lot by my brothers and sisters, so but my mama said don't get beat up by a reputation. And I said, you know, hey, train hard, work hard, don't quit.
0: So when, when it comes to Tyson, like, what do you want to do? Like, what would a fight between Evander Holyfield and Mike Tyson look like right now?
2: Well, I, I'm not for sure because I, I, I don't know how good a shape he in. I don't know what he's done to his body. I I know that I always stay in shape. I'm to, It's part of my life. part of my life and a uh, part of things that I want to be able to share with the younger kids and – when I, my foundation talked to the younger kids by telling me, if you take care of your body at a young age, then when you get older, you'll be able to do some things other people won't be able to do. And it's just a part of life. You don't pick up other people's bad habits. Everybody got bad habits, but you don't want to pick up other people's bad
0: habits. So the, but but the, I mean, you talking about like a a fight with headgear, without headgear, uh Six rounds, ten rounds, I mean what kind of what kind of thing would you want to do if if you could choose?
2: Well exhibition. My own thing, I want something that I want something where that there won't be no decision. And just, you know, look it. we doing an exhibition, you know? And so whatever game he brings, I bring the same thing. You know, I'm so so whatever way that it's, it turned out that it won't be a decision, but, you know, you know, we give our very best to who we are as people.
0: So do you think this is going to happen? I mean, have you been talking to Tyson? I mean, has anybody around you been talking to Tyson's team? I mean, how likely is this? Well, I'm
2: the, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good chance. It's the people want it. See, the, everything is about the people. The people kind of stir it up, because, you know, you know, no one's just doing it for free. So... You know, it's what the people want, and you know, it's what the people get for what they want.
0: Mm. What happens if in an exhibition like this, Tyson tries to bite your ear again?
2: I don't think he would do that. (laughs) I I think Tyson changed a lot. He changed a lot. Uh, You know, uh, you know, it is. It is what it is.
0: (laughs) What if you went in with like big, like Dumbo ears, just like, you know, for just to give him an easy target?
2: You know, you know, you know. Now, now uh, you know. When I think of when my own thing, I think about that situation because because everybody went, everybody looks even man, you put your ear in his mouth. Now his <laughs> mouth was open. You put your, you put your head that way, and I said, you know, it do look like I did do that. I said, but you know, I said, but I said, it bit me twice though. I was done with him because he did it twice.
0: First time might have been a mistake. Second time, no way.
2: <laughs> when you're, when you're, right, right. No way. That's it. But you know, we got over it, and you know, you know, we we cool about it.
0: Hey, you guys were recently. You were all you and Lennox and Tyson were all at the Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight, right? You were all there together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was that like to be kind of reunited with with those two?
2: Well, I, it, it it showed me this. You know, in, the, in that era from, you know, 1980, 80, 80, 84 to, to, to 2000, you know, it, it, you got about seven champions. Seven people became the world champion. And it was amazing that everybody liked Ali. Everybody was kind of inspired by Ali, and everybody became champion. And so, you know, that, that's a great thing, which show you how good that era was and how good amateur boxer was back in those days. I think when you take care of the the young kids and 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 and, and invest in them, the young kids the one that uh, allow you to have the great memories later on.
0: Yeah, no question. It was a great era for amateur boxing. You know, so many great fighters, yourself included in that mix. Uh Evander, good luck to you, man. I, I hope it happens. I think it'd be kind of fun to see the two of you share. A ring one more time for charity exhibition uh good luck man and thanks for joining me. this was a lot of fun
2: thank you all
0: right that's it for this week's episode my thanks to my guests as always subscribe to the podcast over at apple podcast rate review you know i appreciate it and i'll see you next week